Hey guys, welcome to the Offbeat Podcast with me, your host, Kaylista Underwood. I'm a 22-year-old multi-passionate entrepreneur, Jesus lover, creative content designer, and most importantly, I'm your friend. I do a lot of things and I wear a lot of hats, but I truly believe that God put me on this planet to love, encourage, and support other people no matter where they've been at in life. As a big fan of living an unconventional life, I know how overwhelming it can be to look around and feel like everyone and their brother is so in sync, but feels so offbeat. So just know that you're welcome just as you are. And we're going to dive deep into so many different topics, have some conversations with some really awesome people, and we're going to laugh, like a lot. My prayer for you is that in return, you accept me for all that I am just as I do you. And I promise you that I'll be real, raw, and authentic. And together, let's just embrace our weird and conquer the world completely offbeat. Hey guys, welcome back to Offbeat. It's been a two-week break since I have last posted an episode. Um, Life kind of got a little bit out of my out of my reach, I guess, out of my control. I mean, life's always out of my control, but um, on May eighth, my great grandpa passed away, Um, and so everything like last week I was just kind of consumed with family time um, handling the situation handling the the grief and the pain that I was experiencing um, and we had the funeral and all of these other things that were going on so I was really busy and the last thing on my mind was just adamantly pushing things in my career and the podcast included so today's episode um, kind of pertains to the feelings that I've been experiencing in the last two weeks, I guess, at this point, um, and that's grief. So this is going to be an episode where we kind of talk about, you know, how how to handle it, um, and I'm no counselor or no expert. All I know is what I've learned through this experience. So if you're somebody who has ha- who has already had to grieve in the past, or maybe you're going through it right now, or um, maybe it's something foreign to you like it was to me up until this point, um, this is this is still an episode for you because you know there there will be this is this is life and life includes death and there will be a time where you will have to grieve. So I kind of just want to be that voice of encouragement and um, a friend. So let's go ahead and let's kind of dive into it. So, um, my story goes like this, I guess. (laughs) I'm, I'm 22. And for the last two decades, um, I've been pretty fortunate to never have lost anyone exceptionally close to me. Now, don't get me wrong. I've been to funerals. Um, when I was four years old, my dad's brother died Uh, but I was four and I don't remember my uncle at all. I know what he looks like from pictures. My mom's told me stories about him, but I really don't remember my uncle Roderick. Uh, I've had other great grandparents pass away that I wasn't close to at all. Uh, last fall, my great grandma, my mom's side, I mean, on my dad's side died, and I had never met her, so obviously that was something that truly didn't affect me. It affected my family and my loved ones, so in that way it affected me. But personally, I did not um, experience grief. 
man, I keep saying, um, I need to punch myself in the face. So I've, so those are two instances. When I was in high school, I was dating somebody in the service and he had to come home. His biological dad passed away. So I was kind of along for that ride with him. I was emotional then, but that was mainly just because somebody I had loved and cared for at the time was experiencing grief. It wasn't really affecting me. But other than that, I I hadn't. And um, my great grandpa, his name was Roy and I called him Pa. And my great grandpa was a homie. <laughs> he he was an adventurous soul. And man, I'm probably going to get emotional during this, but that's kind of, you know, alongside grief. So it's totally okay. So if I cry, at least you can't see my face. <laughs> um, but yeah, my pa was an adventurer. He was, he dedicated the majority of his life to the Navy. Uh, he lived across seas. He sailed the oceans. My great grandma and him lived in Japan for a while where my mom's dad was actually born. So my papa, um, yeah, he was born in Japan. We always joke and say that he's probably Japanese and stuff, but you know, whatever. Uh, but after my pa retired from the service, he drove Amish all throughout the country and he would tell me the craziest stories of the places he had been. And as a little girl that fueled my desire to travel and, uh, I still, I still have that crave, like that constant craving to go out into the world and to experience new things and adventure. And I give a lot of that credit to my pa. My mom was a single mom. And if there was ever times that we were kind of in a financial pickle, my pa would always lend a helping hand until my mom could pay him back, which she always did. And he was just, he wasn't from the stories I've heard, he wasn't always the greatest man he used to be mean, you know, all of these things. He was a human, but in my experience, that man <laughs> was stubborn and he his favorite things to do were to talk about the places he'd been, to visit his grandchildren, especially his great-grandchildren. His great-grandchildren were like his pride and joys and I'm very honored that I was the first great-grandchild. So yes, he did favor me and yes, I was spoiled and literally up until the point that he passed away. Um, I think that the hardest thing I've experienced with his passing is um, the inconsistency. Uh, oh, the inconsistency of my emotions. One day, um, I'm totally okay. And honestly, it doesn't seem real. And on other days, it catches catches me off guard, and it's like the the smallest things, you know, like passing somebody who drives a white Lincoln because that's what he drove, or you know, going into the grocery store and just knowing that Pa's favorite thing to do was go grocery shopping and buy all of these ridiculous things that he didn't need and were on grandma's list and it would make my grandma so mad. But he did it so he had an excuse to stop at all of his grandchildren's house and to see them and spend time with them. <laughs> and it was always so unannounced. And I remember sometimes we used to think it'd be annoying or he'd drop off this like flavored water and we'd always tell him like, Pa, we don't even like this. <laughs> but I think it's really, really hard for me, too, because, you know, like I said, this has been 
grief has been a foreign concept to me up until this point in my life. And it's even harder to make people understand because I have been exceptionally grateful in this life to not only, you know, have to not only go without experiencing the death of somebody I love, but to have a relationship with my great-grandfather. I know there's some people that have never met their great-grandparents or never even got to meet their grandparents. And for 91 years of my great-grandpa's life, I got to be a part of 22 of them, and that's phenomenal. He only lived 20 minutes away. Um, I would stay the night there all the time as a little girl. I made it a point in my adult life from the time that I could drive until now. Um, I would go and I would visit at least once a week. And obviously, um, you're probably thinking, well, you moved away and you lived in Athens for two years. And yeah, I did. But when I was home, they were one of the first people I went and saw. But there's a thing called a phone. And I called them every week. He wanted to know how things were going. If he heard anything on the news about anything near southern Ohio, he was calling me. Uh, I'm just very, very fortunate that I got to to have a relationship with my great-grandpa, and it is probably one of the strongest connections with any of my family members. Um, so, (laughs) we, we always joked that Pa was immortal. (laughs) Starting, like, 12 years ago, he had his first heart attack, and it was called a widower's attack. Um, it should have killed him, but it didn't, and he had, like, three or four more after that, He'd fallen and gotten really sick. And I remember when I was first moving to OU, uh, he had like jaundice and he was in the hospital and my family was really convinced he wasn't going to make it. So I was um, living, you know, like day to day waiting for my mom to call me and to tell me that he didn't make it, but he did, he, he did, he rebounded. And it was like this vicious cycle of like Pa getting super sick and then bouncing back and then getting super sick again. And then bouncing back. And so we were just convinced that he was honestly like never going to die. But of course that was a joke and not realistic by any means because we are human beings and we are put on this earth to live and to die. Uh, So this last year, last year we had a 90th birthday party for him and it was awesome. It was so much fun. If you follow me on Instagram, I made kind of like a memorial post for him and you can scroll over and listen to him talk and about how thankful he was and how surprised he was to celebrate with us. But in this last year, he just, you know, he's 91. He's lived a super long life. His health was declining and it got to the point where in this last month he had had a stroke and you could barely understand him. He would just try to talk to you and it was almost like communicating with a baby again, like where you really don't know what they're saying. You just pick pieces and he was in so much pain he weighed less than a hundred pounds and that's a lot to say because my grandpa was over six foot tall and I remember I came home um one one day the day before he passed away I had went over and I had visited with my aunt and her kids and I was just torn apart because this man who <laughs> sorry, (laughs) this man who built our entire family was dying, and 
I was so afraid at first of what life without him would look like. And so then I was even more emotional because I love him and to see him be so lonely because nobody could understand him and he was so helpless and he was in so much pain. I remember I came home and I'm one of those people who I'm an open book, so I'm unafraid to cry or to be emotional because I think it's a gift, but (laughs) I came home and I kind of just shut myself off from my family and from my my boyfriend. Um, And I went in my room after I'd gotten ready for bed and I just wrote journal upon journal page. And I was just praying to God and I said, God, it's okay if you want to take him. Um, I'm not afraid. And he's in so much pain. And I just, I pray that you would put him out of this misery and that you would just bring him home and... I prayed on it, and I prayed on it, and I just prayed that I would remember the things that were important, like (laughs) how he always told me that I was strong and brilliant, and that any boy who was going to make me feel less than that wasn't deserving of me, and that I needed to focus on me, and I still remember that all the time. Um, I just prayed that I would remember to be an adventurous soul and to not care what people thought, and whenever it was summer, that I would think of him when the windows were down and semis were passing by because when I was little he used to do that and he'd be like whoosh <laughs> but yeah I I just prayed that the pain he'd been in was far too long and that if it was time that he needed to come home then God would bring him home and so the very next day he fell asleep in his wheelchair and he did and my, my mom got the phone call and we all just kind of went silent and just departed into our own rooms to just kind of process it. My sister's a lot more secretive about her emotions than I am. Um, but it was weird. And since then, you know, that was 12 days ago. Since then, it's just been so strange to me. Like, Tonight, we're going over to visit my grandma, and I even said earlier, I was like, well, when we go to Pa and Grandma's, and it just stops you for a minute, because you realize that it'll always be their home, but he's not there anymore. You know, I've just experienced this chaos of emotions that I can't wrap my head around, and I know that that's a part of grief. I know that at first, you're in disbelief. You don't believe that it's true. You don't believe that it's happening. And then there was a part of me that got angry, and I was just angry at the world. Um, I was angry because I felt like nobody understood my pain because I felt like nobody had a relationship with him like I did, and besides my sister, which is true. And Then I have days where I can't breathe and it makes me upset because, you know, my boyfriend doesn't understand it. My friends kind of understand it, but not really. It's just hard. And I don't don't know if you have ever lost anyone. Or I don't know if right now your heart is broken because you too are experiencing this. And if you're fortunate enough that you haven't yet someday you will and I just pray that you hear these next words and you really really let them sink in and 
and you take them to heart and you apply them. But the biggest thing I have learned from losing my grandpa and the biggest thing I have learned with dealing with heartbreak as insane, as an intense as grief is this. Because I am saved and because I live a life where I walk with God and where I walk with Jesus, I get to choose how I react to every situation, including a situation as painful as dealing with the loss of someone I love. And I have chosen to rejoice and to love deeper as a result of the situation. I've chosen chosen to rejoice rather than to be constantly miserable and sad. And don't get me wrong, I still am sad sometimes, but of course I'm going to be. But I've chosen to rejoice more than anything. I want to celebrate the life that my grandpa got to live because it was long and it was adventurous and mesmerizing. And I just wish I would have asked more questions about the places he'd been and... You know, I just I just want to rejoice in the life that he got to live and rejoice in the 22 years that we got to share. And I also get to choose to love deeper now. And that goes for all of my relationships. I want to love my friends deeper. I want to put my phone away. I want to be so intentional with the time that I have with people and in my own life, too. Um. My content on social media has drastically shifted, I feel like. Um, I've been spending a lot more time alone and in nature. I've been spending a lot of time with my nose in my Bible. Right now, I'm at a point in my life where I'm leading by love and by my heart and by my faith. And anything is up in the air. For the longest time, I had a plan of, in so many years, I'll marry Preston, and we'll have kids, and I will do this in my career, and I will do that, and I will have reached this goal, and right now, none of that matters to me, because I feel like an experience like this really makes you understand life isn't eternal on this planet, and if you're not going to have a relationship with Jesus, then it won't be eternal for you at all. And so I've just chosen in this season of my life, in this season of grief and emotional growth, that I'm choosing my life with Jesus over everything else. I'm choosing intention and what he says about living. And I really pray that you do too. And I really pray that this message to you about choosing how you're going to react to situations doesn't take something as heartbreaking as grief to cause a change, I guess, in you. Because honestly, I don't wish this this sadness and this ache upon anyone. And I know that I'm late to the I'm late to the ball game and some of you are like, yeah, well, I've already lost 12 people. Welcome to the club, honey. And if that's your reaction to an episode like this, then just know that I'm praying for you too because I know your heart's still hurting. I think that for the rest of my days, I will miss my grandpa. And (laughs) we were at the viewing and my Nana, (laughs) I love this sassy woman so much. 
She said, well, unfortunately, this is just the beginning of many more to come. And I was like, thanks, Kristen, <laughs> for reminding me <laughs> that just because this one person passed doesn't mean the rest aren't going to. You know, whether you're, you've already felt like you've already felt victim to losing people you love or you're experiencing it alongside me right now or you're fearful in anticipation of when it's going to affect you, just know that you have a father in heaven that loves you so much and and he never wants to break your heart, but you have to understand that this place on earth is nothing in comparison to the place that those people we love go as long as they're saved. And I wrote in my journal too, after Pa had passed away that I said, I can't wait to get to heaven and to see him standing there with his hands in his blue dress pants and, you know, to tell me about all the adventures he's had in heaven and all the amazing things he's, he's done while watching God so close, so face to face. And you have to channel your emotions as heartbreaking as they are. You have to channel them that way. You have to think of the good and you can't sit here and let it consume you. Um, a final example I have is my one of my greatest friends. She is anticipating a hard week because a year ago she lost somebody uh, to suicide. And I understand that there's a lot harder emotions towards somebody you've lost because of a personal decision that they have made to take their own life where nature just doesn't take its course or their life just doesn't run out because of old age or health. But when somebody chooses to take their own life, that's a grief that I have yet to experience. One of my other best friends was in love with somebody who took their own life. Uh, and that was really hard for me as her friend because I knew that there was nothing I could do but pray for her and pray for her heart. And the same goes for my friend who is anticipating a hard week. And I remember she had texted me last night and she just said, I'm just kind of going off the grid so I can deal with this. And I think that when you personally anticipate to be in pain, you're making that choice for yourself to experience pain. But when you channel your emotions to anticipate the joy and the love that you had for the person, whether they're here or not, and you just choose to rejoice in the life that they lived with you, but more importantly, in the life that they're living now in heaven, I really believe that it is a change of heart and it can alter your entire experience of grief. That's really all I have for you. Um, I know most of the time I kind of pull out um, Bible verses and scripture to help pull through. And I've had my nose in my Bible so much lately. Seeking comfort and growth in my relationship with Jesus. So all I really can say to you is whatever emotions you're feeling, whether it's grief or it's not, uh, just lean on, lean on your relationship with God and know that I'm literally a message away and I'm always here to talk. That will never change. But thank you so much for tuning into today's very emotional podcast episode. 
I promised that if I was going to be a voice on a platform like this, that I was going to be raw, real, and authentic. And I pray that I always hold true to that. So thanks for tuning in today. I love you guys. Thank you for being here for me. This was honestly kind of therapeutic. And if your heart is struggling with grief, um, or if there comes a point where it does, just know that I love you and I am here for you and God loves you and know that your walk with him gets to determine how you respond to the pain that you are feeling or the, the situation that you're experiencing. I love you, friend. Have a good day.